Hour of Devastation is a fan-supported, listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. If you like what you hear and want to show your support, head over to patreon.com slash hour of devastation. A pledge to start from as little as one dollar. Thanks. Welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neal. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm not too bad. Good, good. Yeah, I um, learned some very painful truths about myself last week. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. So I um, edited the podcast. Turns about turns out everything about me is horrible. <laughs> uh, I breathe incredibly loudly. I say um roughly every four seconds. And I sound really posh, which I wasn't aware of. Yeah, there's there's absolutely nothing that'll make you feel more self-conscious than editing the sound of your own voice. Yeah, I spent six hours just listening to my own voice and having to edit loads of stuff out and having to edit my breathing <laughs> and having to listen <laughs> to my like hoarse, horrible smoker's laugh that I didn't realize I also had. <laughs> it's just it's awful. You know, like Muttley from Wacky Races. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awful. I didn't realize because when I hear myself laugh, I'm like, oh, that sounds like a normal person laughing. And then when I listen to myself laugh, I'm like, that sounds like someone who's dying laughing. That sounds like a cartoon dog. It really does. It sounds like a cartoon dog. And then I listened to your bits and I was like, oh, this is all fine. I don't really need to edit this. So that, that was upsetting. Um, yeah, see, that's that's how I feel about myself when I listen to to my own to my own voice, I guess, listening back. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, I think everybody goes through it when they first start I'm hashtag creating content, I guess. Yeah, it's awful. Uh, it's truly awful. It, you just kind of have to get used to it, and then you do, and you're like, huh? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I couldn't like not do it because I had to edit the podcast. Um, yeah. And I spent, you know, a lot of my holiday <laughs> doing that because I've been on, I've been on holiday, and I spent um, quite like a couple of the evenings spending a couple hours editing the podcast while like my family and my partner were like having a nice time. <laughs> but it's something I signed up for, so it's fine. It's like you know, I don't lament it or anything. Yeah. So yeah, that's 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 what I've that's the week I've had, just sort of like having a small existential crisis about my own existence. Nice. Um, and trying to pass all the stuff you can do on Audacity and doing it quite horribly, I'm sure. It well, it sounded great to me, so Aww. hopefully it sounded great to the listeners too. Hey, when we weren't recording, you said it sounded fine. <laughs> and now, now we're recording, you say it sounds great. <laughs> Which one is it, man? Yeah. <laughs> well, one? we gotta we gotta hype ourselves up, right? <laughs> You've got to hype me up, despite the fact that you think I'm terrible. Take some pride in your work, yeah. Okay, yeah, sure, that's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, how has your week been? Uh, it's been shrektacular. Shrektacular. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, so I just want to jump in, and I just asked you how you are, and it's very rude to interrupt. But I find it really funny that um, the first thing we thought of when we saw the Eldraine stuff was like, oh, this is like Shrek. This is like yeah. the movie Shrek. And I played that little clip of Smash Mouth, and we both had a good laugh. And then it, it turns out it's taken people this long to figure out that it's like Shrek. Like, people have only <laughs> just started making the Shrek memes and jokes. I'm like, have you been paying attention? I thought that was the first thing I thought of. It, I mean, now that we've seen a fair few of the cards in the set, and, and we saw that amazing trailer, which we'll, we'll talk about in a bit. Oh, hello. Um, it 100% is, is just like Shrek. <laughs> it really is. I it? don't think that's a, that's a criticism at all. I think that's absolutely fantastic, and... I, uh, I'm just loving every single card that's being revealed, and I just love that whole kind of Shrek theme, I guess, for want of a better take. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's great, and I, I hope they, I hope they just roll with it throughout the whole set. Hell yeah! I mean, like 
Shrek and Shrek 2 are legitimately very good movies. And Shrek 3 and Shrek Forever After. They're not that as good. And Shrek the Halls. No, Shrek the Everyone's Halls is actually favorite season movie. Yeah, it's, it's not Christmas until I watch Shrek the Halls. So yeah, it's absolutely not a criticism. Not a criticism. It's, it, it's great. <laughs> I love Shrek and I love Eldraine. Yeah. Okay, anyway, how was your week? Yeah, it's been it's been alright. Um, it was my birthday yesterday, so we're recording a day later than usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, did some like fun birthday magic times on Sunday, which was sweet. Yeah, it was your birthday, which you forget to tell me about every year, and I feel terrible. I mean, I, I should just forget. remember it. To you just yeah, never mention I, it. Like most people, are like, yeah, oh, my I don't birthday's mention my birthday up, to, or, like... to anybody ever. I, I can despise my birthday. Yeah, I know, but you think you tell me? I feel yeah, like, I thought we were good friends, I, and you know, I, I feel like sending tell you one. Uh, I understand, I mean, but yeah, I just don't like thinking about my own mortality. <laughs> that's the, that's my favorite thing to do. I love thinking about my own mortality. <laughs> Everything ends with uh, it, like at some point. Like, that we'll, is true. We'll that die. Is true. It's great. It's the only good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah. Carry on. <laughs> we did. Yeah, we did some fun magic stuff. I guess on on uh, on Sunday, uh, we did a chaos draft, which was really cool. So we had twenty four different packs. Um, Essentially, it was just kind of one, I guess, the, the past 24 sets of, of Magic, I guess, really, um, from uh, from Dominaria backwards. That sounds really fun. It was really fun. It was really cool. I think the, the oldest pack we had was like 2013 core set, and then uh, Dominaria was the, the most recent one. Uh, it was it was really fun. Uh, I played like blue-white flyers. I'm sure it's a, it's a surprise to nobody. <laughs> it makes sense, yeah. Uh, I did pretty badly, but it it was fun. I had, I had quite a fun time. Uh, and then after that, we we drafted Conspiracy, uh, which has been a very long time since I've done that, and it still holds up as one of the best draft formats I've, I've ever played. Which is confusing because you hate multiplayer magic. Yeah, so I I really like Conspiracy because the multiplayer is. It's kind of like a mechanic of the game rather than just just it being like a multiplayer game of magic. Like you have you have cards which care about making alliances and and double crossing people, and you have cards which care about like things in the draft. And I I just love it. I, I love that that it's it's still very much like the magic that I know, but it has this this extra element to it. But yeah, I don't know. I I just feel I feel I feel like it's it's a lot different to something like Commander or Two Headed Giant would ever be. I think you just have an innate bias against Commander, and even if you enjoy something that's similar to Commander, like Conspiracy, you'll just pretend that it's nothing like Commander. <laughs> oh, it's Conspiracy is nothing like Commander. I mean, it's I was having thinking about it, and it, it feels like it's probably the closest you'll get you'll get, uh, ever get to like limited Commander. But yeah, I still don't think I could enjoy Commander like ever. You just have to remind everyone every, all the time that you hate Commander. Yeah. However, I did really enjoy Conspiracy. It was quite probably the most ridiculous draft I've ever done as well. Um, so we opened the first pack, and then one of the players gets very, very excited, um, says a swear and everything, and <laughs> everyone's like, oh, oh wow, what, is, what have you opened? And uh, they, they, re- they reveal it, and it's a foil Dak Faden, which is obviously like the, the most expensive card in the set. Uh, so we're like, all right, sweet, that's awesome. Draft off to a great start. Uh, my Pack one, pick one at that point was Council's Judgment, so I was like, oh sweet, there's some decent value there for me. Pack two, pick one, um, another player gets quite excited as they open up what's probably the most expensive rare in the set, in Exploration, 
they reveal that. And at the same time, another player reveals Vidalcan Orrery. And another player reveals Reflecting Pool. <laughs> That's absurd. Somebody else also then reveals a Coercive Portal. And it's like, oh, sweet, we've just hit like every good card in the set. Yeah, isn't that just like every card worth any kind of money in one go? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there are like, like there, there's a bunch of cards that are like $5 plus easily. There's stuff like Stifle and like Brainstorms in there, Source to Plowshares in there. There's loads and loads of like cards which would make like the value of that box just yeah just add up very quickly uh and then yeah so the pack two pack two pick two uh another player goes oh i'm gonna draft lawkeeper face up so the lawkeeper is the awesome one which lets you add a booster pack to the draft so the booster pack they chose was modern horizons so they they crack open the pack of modern horizons and they're like oh we're just gonna take the rare or the mythic whatever it is and they flip it over and it's an urza lord high artificer <laughs> Which is, what, like, the second most expensive card in that set? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty nice. It was, yeah, it was great. It was just, like, just so much fun. Just, like, I know not every draft of Conspiracy is going to be anywhere near like this, but it's, like, A, already a fun drafting environment because you do weird things that you don't do in any other draft, like drafting things face-up, adding things to the draft, or drafting things at you know, specific times. Um, you've got stuff like... Um, Cogwork Librarian that lets you like, like look at extra packs and stuff and yeah, so like just so many like different cool things. Um, but they're just like the ridiculous amount of value that was going around the table and just like the hilarious things like the Foil Dark Raiden and the Modern Horizons pack having an Urza in were just a nice bit of icing on top of the cake. I mean, it sounds like you folks are going to open like absolute crap for the rest of the year. Yeah, quite probably. Like every booster pack you open is going to be terrible from here on out. You used to boil your luck. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was so worth it though. Yeah, so, it sounds, so, sounds really sweet. Yeah, it was great. So uh, I had a, a lot, a lot of fun there, and I'll, I'll definitely be picking up a, a box of conspiracies as soon as I can. I think it's just that draft format is amazing. Yeah, I remember really enjoying it. I, I remember not being able to play it that often because I wasn't really drafting the time it came out. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think anybody was really. It was like twenty thirteen. I think it came out twenty fourteen, twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen, and like. Like limited magic definitely seems to be much more of like a bigger thing now. Um, yeah. Especially these these special draft sets. I, I mean, I guess conspiracy was the was the one to start it all off, really. Uh, but yeah, I remember at the time like nobody wanted to play it, like nobody wanted to draft it, nobody was buying packs, nobody really cared. Uh, and yeah, now it still falls up as just one of the best draft formats for me. Yeah, it's really fun. I wish I I wish I had a chance to draft it more often. I drafted conspiracy two a couple of times. Yeah, I uh, didn't enjoy that mu- that one as much. Yeah, same. Um, but then again, like I obviously I haven't drafted conspiracy since like literally 2014, so maybe <laughs> maybe it's better than I'm remembering. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think because there are a lot of cards that are a lot more expensive now than they were back then. I think that kind of adds to some of the some of the excitement a bit. So I think that makes it a bit more of a an interesting set to draft now, but. I think regardless of the cards that are in there, like if you can get a box of Conspiracy at like a, a reasonable price, I would highly recommend it. I mean, how much does a box of Conspiracy go for these days? Ah, uh, who knows? Who knows? I, I think you'll you'll struggle to find one for like less than a hundred pounds, definitely. I mean, I can hear you furiously googling in the background. Yeah, you're looking at like uh, about a hundred and twenty-five euro shipped from Magic Card Market for the cheapest boxes. That seems okay, considering the potential value you can open. 
Yeah, sure. That, that's let's say let's say it's 120 quid posted. Yeah, and then you open like attack and exploration, and get to have a good drafting experience, and then you open all the stores to power shares and brainstorms and stuff like that as well. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but it like okay. Yeah, for every like duck fading, there's like you know there's a stifle that's still like a couple of dollars. You know. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like it'll probably be worth your. Yeah, even like 120 quid divided by eight people is like 15 quid anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, 15 quid each? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I would easily, easily pay 15 pounds to draft that. Sweet. I mean, if you want to organise a draft at some point, I can attend. <laughs> yes, we'll definitely... We'll definitely. Yeah, I mean, I'll sort something out for a Magic Fest next year, definitely. Maybe we'll get some sort of listener draft organised. Oh, hell yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Awesome. So I've talked far too long about conspiracy now. Should we talk about the real, actual, exciting stuff? Hey, that's exciting. You had a good time. It was exciting for me for one day. Yeah, and that's nice. People like to hear about people having a good time. (laughs) But yeah, let's go into the people stuff people care about. (laughs) Yeah, the actual, actual stuff. So on Wednesday, we had the the special Throne of Eldraine stream event. Yes. Yeah, so I think the vast majority of people going into this didn't really have any idea what it was going to be. We saw lots of interesting interesting things coming up on um on various social media channels where content creators were posting an invitation like a gingerbread man that they'd got in the in the post with uh, tune in to twitch tv slash magic on this date nobody kind of really knew what it was going to be uh, and then uh on i guess tuesday night tuesday evening they started uh, previewing the a few cards from the set with like a countdown timer from I guess from like midnight down to one or down to zero I guess um, and then once the clock hit zero that's when the channel would go live and we would see this this whatever it was going to be this magic stream so we turn on the magic stream before it's about to start and it's about like a half an hour of like somebody just baking gingerbread cookies <laughs> that's exactly what I want to watch. Yeah, I was like, right, this is this is really strange, but I'm gonna stick with it, see where this goes. I mean, I don't know what you spend your free time doing, but I definitely just watch videos of people baking. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was making tea at the time, so <laughs> that's my excuse. Just had had the stream on. It was like, okay, this is some sort of like I don't know, like magic Great British Bake Off style thing. That's All very right. much what it felt this, like. This is, yeah, definitely felt like that. It was it was very strange, but I was like, whatever, we'll we'll see where this goes, and the. The cooking timer goes all the way down to zero and it pans out and it's, oh, it's Jimmy Wong. He's making cookies. And then he hits play and here's the trailer for Throne of Eldraine. And wow, definitely was not expecting that. Yeah, that trailer was absurd. It was fantastic. Following, I think, I think so the War of the Spark trailer, hmm. which was, I think, universally regarded as incredible. Yeah. It was really, really good. I think they were hard-pressed to top it. Um, and I'm not sure... I mean, this one certainly didn't make me cry, <laughs> like like the War of the Spark one did, but it was really good. Yeah, I I think it was better than the War of the Spark trailer. Did you cry? Uh, I did not cry. But it's not bad, I, is it? <laughs> I exclaimed. I was. I I laughed. I I kind of felt like the complete opposite of like every emotion I felt watching the Throne of Eldraine, watching the uh, War of the Spark trailer. Sure, okay. Uh, yep. Super happy, super excited. Was. Yeah, I mean, everybody who's listening will have seen the trailer by now. Uh, yeah, as soon as I saw like the gingerbread, the gingerbread people get up, I was like, "Oh my god, it's Shrek!" 
<laughs> Were you expecting like a, a pad out and it's just Lord Farquaad? Yeah. <laughs> that would have been sweet. It was even the bit with like the milk, the thing breaks and the milk goes over them and it's like, no, not the milk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, That's just an exact rip from the from the plot yeah. of Shrek. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, it's Shrek. They've done it. They've actually done it. This is incredible. This is everything I want from this this you know, fairy tale magic set. Okay, I literally can't believe that everything you want is for it to just be Shrek, but in cardboard form. I mean, everything I want in life is probably just Shrek anyway. But yeah. <laughs> Shrek is love. Shrek is life. Shrek, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So they they showed this amazing trailer. Uh, everybody collectively lost their minds, and it was it was fantastic. I think everybody I saw talking about the trailer loved it. And yeah, that was I was like, wow, okay, that was cool. So I I assumed that was probably going to be it. Like, oh, maybe they'd show like a card or two as well, and then that would be it. But then it goes back to Jimmy Wong having a live reaction to the trailer. Going, oh, isn't that great? Uh, and then in in waltz Cynthia Shepherd and and, uh, and Mark Rosewater to tell us all about Eldraine. They talked about a couple of cards in the set. They talked the mechanics in the set. And they talked about the new Brawl decks as well, showed them off, and then went, yeah, Brawl is coming to Arena, and you can play right now. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that was something I was not expecting at all. That was something that we've seen, we've seen happen in, like, other video games, and I know, like, Nintendo like to do it, and then, like, Nintendo Direct um, videos that they do. Yeah. They'll they'll talk about a game, and then they'll go, oh, and this game is... is this game is coming out, and it's a remake of this game, which you can play right now. And they've ported like the old version to the Switch, and it's available in the shop now. And so it's something that you see, I guess, fairly frequently. But I, I never expected Magic to do anything like that. So that was really, really cool. Especially considering what's his track record of yeah. being like, here's an announcement for an announcement that will happen in two years' time. And you absolutely, know, it feels yeah. like a constant waiting game. So to be just like told a thing that you weren't expecting to happen immediately was really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was fantastic. And then not only did they talk Throne of Eldraine, they also went, "Oh, here are the next four sets for the <laughs> the next year." Yeah, it's it was a lot to digest in one small time. There was there was a hell of a lot, but I I think this is exactly it was exactly right. It was everything was in there, everything was exciting, and just enough information of everything was in there at the right times. Yeah, I think someone at WotC, or at least their, their PR manager or their PR team or whatever, might yeah. have actually listened to the feedback from the community being like, yeah. we want this kind of thing, and they've done pretty much exactly what, what we wanted them to do, I think. Absolutely. I think it, it feels... It felt a, a lot to me like the... Um, uh, it was the, the... I guess the la- the last proper announcement day, like they did, mm. uh, which is back when they announced uh, Ixalan, and they announced like Unstable as well at the same time, and, and they didn't give... A, away as much information about like the sets and what what was upcoming as they did so sort of this time but it definitely had feelings sort of similar to when they did that that last announcement day but i just, i think it was fantastic absolutely fantastic so we're getting hyped because yep. the next four sets we have in quarter one theros beyond death yeah i'm i'm this is i think i mean we'll get on to the other ones but i think this is the one i'm most excited for um theros is probably my favorite playing yeah, and at the time I just absolutely loved it, I loved the lore I loved most of the cards, I thought they were really cool and this is pretty much when I started playing Magic Yeah, like I started playing Magic just before Theros came out, 
and obviously I wasn't very good <laughs> uh, at magic or at card evaluation then or understanding the power of cards or anything like that just like a new game that I'm excited about and this seems cool so I have like a really affinity for all those cards um, and then looking back on it now as someone who's played the game for uh, for six years right six yeah. years ish yeah, yeah. Um, I can now evaluate that Theros block wasn't exactly great for a multitude of reasons yeah Despite the fact that, that like the law was uh, like incredible and I really enjoyed it, so I'm really excited to possibly see it done slightly better or have slightly less of a problematic impact on standard and slightly more of a sort of a, a deeper impact on eternal formats or something like that and some more yeah. powerful cards. But I'm very excited to go back to Terras and I'm very excited to see Elspeth again because I assume that's what's going to happen, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like they 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 didn't give away a lot of information uh, about any of the sets that they, they spoiled, but they did say that Theros Beyond Death, uh, it's going to be all about the, the underworld, Theros's underworld. And oh, yeah. if you look at like the set symbol, it's like one of the, the death masks as well. Yeah, it's like um, like Daxos's death mask kind of thing. Like that was the last yeah, time we saw. Mask of the Returned. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. Mask of the Returned. Um, yeah, it looks really sweet. I mean, we don't even know anything about it, but like that, just that alone is enough to get me very excited about the set. Yeah. It's very very cool. Um, I I mean, the, most people could tell that it was it was going to come within the next year anyway. From like a lot of the things that we've been seeing in standard and sort of hints we'd had in the story, and so it was it was definitely definitely heavily seeded. Uh, it was I I know that it had been leaked, but I, I don't think most people had seen that. Yeah, that was a very like a very short window of time to be able to see that it had been leaked that Theros was coming yeah. soon. But I don't think that had been like in the wider magic community. Yeah, known. for sure. But it was like you said, it was it was fairly it was fairly well hinted at that we were going there soon. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I didn't enjoy Theros last time, which is quite strange. So like Theros like, again, like I started playing magic properly like around the same time Theros came out, and yeah, I remember like. This the out of like the sets that were legal and standard at the time, I much preferred like Return to Ravnica block. I think the cards from that, like I was way more excited for than like the Theros cards. Um, yeah, I mean Ashiok was fantastic, so hopefully we get to see some more of Ashiok. Although who knows? Uh, I one card I would really like to see, or I guess one character would really like to see. Uh, like obviously Elspeth coming back is really cool, but Sahili, I'd quite like to see Sahili. Um. Is it Sahili? I think it's Sahili who planes walks to Theros at the end of the Kaladesh story. Does she? Yeah, I, I think so. I might need to double check that. It's either Sahili or, or Hotly, yeah, but one of them do uh, planes walk to, to Theros and they, they see the. Um, it might not even be Hotly. It might even be Samut. I think. I think maybe it is Samut. And mean, Samut sees, sees what the gods are like on on uh, on Theros. That makes sense. I think it. I think it is Samut because. The Amonkhet gods and then the Theros gods, like she wants to like compare them, I guess, kind of. Yeah, maybe it is Samut. I need to go back and reread that, but I remember at the time being very excited that that character was was going to be on Theros. I mean, any of those three characters are really sweet characters that I'd like to know some yeah. more about. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, up next in quarter two, we have a brand new plane, which is Icoria, Lair of the Behemoths. How much do we know about it? So we don't know a lot about it at all. We know it's a brand new world. Um, been no previous hints to its existence. And mm-hmm. uh, in the video, Mark Rosewater said that it's going to be big monsters, massive monsters. You get to play with monsters, and you get to create your own monsters. 
So they said there's going to be a crate and monster mechanic. That's one of the craziest mechanics they've made in a while. So who knows what that'll be? Maybe it's going to be something like Meld. Maybe it'll be something like um, like the one from uh, from Unstable. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of what's the? It's like an Urza card, I think, where you choose a color and choose a creature type and make a creature. It's like an artifact. Yeah. It's very much a commander card that you definitely won't know, so I don't know what I'm asking I you. Definitely do not know that one. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't remember the name, but it's something like that. Like so you pick a when it ends the battlefield, you pick a creature type and a colour. And yeah. you create a, so it's something like that. Yeah, you get to pick certain parts of it and like maybe it's something to do with tribes and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. It could be I, I, I think maybe it's even like an expansion of like the host and augment from uh, Unstable. That would be really cool. Well like something like contraptions kind of thing. Like yeah, have, well, like, not quite contraptions, but like, yeah, like you start with one creature and then you can you can augment another creature to make it a, a bigger and give it an extra abilities, like that kind of thing, maybe. Uh, yeah, they've said big monsters, and I'm 100% for that. Um, massive, massive fan of like kaiju stuff, so I assume there'll be like some kaiju tropes, like Godzilla references in there, probably. Mm-hmm. I reckon this is probably the, the return to, I guess, the long-awaited return to, like, Battlecruiser magic as far as, like, a limited environment is concerned. Yeah, I mean, so I'm exciting. I'm very much, like, a, a a Timmy at heart. Like, I very much just, like, massive creatures and smashing them against each other. Yeah. So I'm very excited for this. Um, and, I mean, the set symbol's, like, just a big eye, right? Yeah. Like a big monster eye. It's very exciting. Maybe, who knows, maybe we'll even see the return of Progenitus. Ooh, yeah, because that's the thing. I was thinking it kind of reminds me of like parts of Alara, like Naya, kind of with like mm. godsire level creatures, like big, like big, big monsters, and then like kind yeah. of I don't know, like it reminds me of that kind of thing. So I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. Like big monsters is always a good thing in my book. So we'll see where. It yeah, goes. very very excited about that. Uh, next up, we've got quarter three, which is going to be the core set. This one is core set 2021. However, they did say that this one is going to be themed around Teferi. Yeah, because we haven't seen enough of Teferi recently. He's been like, oh, I haven't. I I love Teferi. <laughs> I'm very excited about this. Yeah, you're the only one. He's been, you know, he's been like really unassuming and hasn't really had an impact on Magic generally or like <laughs> on the formats that he's legal in. So it'd be nice to like yeah. finally get a chance to appreciate Teferi for what he's about. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm I love Teferi as a character. I think he's really cool. Also, all of his cards are cool. Even the cards that are just like Teferi's whatever, but I'm so sick of Teferi. <laughs> so like, so Teferi's going to ro- rotate out. Like Teferi Hero Dominar is going to rotate out soon, and he's been kind of like the card in standard recently. Yeah, um, well, not recently, but since his existence, pretty much. And obviously, Teferi Time Raveler from War of the Spark has been tearing up all sorts of formats. Yep, and absolutely will be. It'll be. Still, I think still very much going to be like a standard powerhouse. Yeah, so we're just going to get more Teferi, and. Oh god, I'm kind of sick of it. I'm honestly sick of it. It's it's the Gideon it's the Gideon thing, where like Gideon was just the like the Planeswalker, like the character that was kind of present always, and we all sort of Loki grew to hate him because he was just there I constantly. Mean, it was and the Jace thing, right? Really? Yeah, but I mean, like, and there was the whole thing with uh, the Gideon Alive Zendikar from from Battle of Zendikar, where he was just like in standard for so long, we just got so sick of it. Yeah, I hope it's not like that, but it get I get that feeling, and I don't want that to happen because I think Teferi's really cool, and I'm already sick of him before this happens. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's more interesting. Like, so I guess it's similar to the way that 
Core 2020 is like a Chandra set, right? Yeah, yeah. So we'll probably get a uncommon, rare, and mythic Teferi card, I would assume. That that would sounds incredible. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it'll be a similar sort of thing to the, the Chandra thing, where you see glimpses of Teferi at various stages of of, of his life. Um, so yeah, maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see some like cards from like Magic's past, which have like references to Erster and Sarah and stuff. And maybe you know, because he was around then. He was he was around with the Weatherlight. So maybe we'll see Teferi stuck in the time streams back then. Maybe maybe we'll even see a Teferi of the future. Who knows? I just want a Teferi's protection reprint because <laughs> <laughs> that card is absurdly expensive, and I need like three copies. Yeah, I can't imagine this card will bring the standard anytime soon. Yeah, I don't think phasing is, <laughs> is, is really a mechanic they want in standard again. They never know. Yeah. If it's going to be like a Teferi set, then like <sighs> phasing could be done in a non-problematic way for standard. Play, yeah. right? it's just it is not. But then we've seen we've seen them like do the reverse on protection, right? So like protection is too confusing for standard. We don't want that. We want it to be more accessible for newer players. And then they brought back protection. So like maybe phasing's fine for standard again. I just want that card because that card is like absurdly expensive. And um, maybe I mean phasing is like a nine on the storm scale. Is it? Yeah. Uh, oh no, sorry. It's, it's been revised to an eight, so it's, it's an eight on the storm scale. So I can't imagine they'll do it in standard again anytime so the, soon. The storm scale. The storm scale specifically applies to standard, right? Yeah. Yeah. So okay, cool. Because I was gonna say because they printed storm cards since they put it on. They they created the storm scale. Like they yeah. printed like. Weather the storm and fluster storm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Since then. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I I I, I doubt it. Um, I mean, if they are going to do it in any set, that'll be the set. Mm. I I have a bit of a strange prediction of my own. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's pretty baseless, but I think on the, the fact that I assume we are going to see to vary at different points in his life, so there'll be cards which will throw back to to Magic's older times. Yeah. I think this is a set. Where we we actually see a reprint of the Tron lands. Ooh, interesting. I think there'll be a throwback to Urza's whatever, um, back to Urza's time, and you'll have the Tron lands in there. With them coming the set after Ikoria as well, I assume there's going to be some big things in Ikoria, and you're going to want to be able to play those big things. Uh, so maybe maybe Tron lands, maybe there'll be like a Tron deck in standard. That would be very cool. Yeah, I'd be into that. Yeah, so it's completely baseless at this point. But that's if I had to call anything now or predict anything, then that's a hundred percent what I'm what I'm I'm calling, firing my shot early. Uh, yeah. So, hmm, how bad are Tronlands in standard though? I don't think they're particularly great. Yeah, they're probably fairly problematic. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to really have any ways to to fetch for them, and I I think I think it'll be fine. Yeah, sure. That's fine. I'll believe you. Wait, no, like, hang on. They're, they're, like they're only they're only ever as good as as you know the cards that they can cast. And I think with the a lot of the cards that we're seeing that would have been colorless in the past, like like a lot of the artifacts that we're seeing um, now have colored costs in them. I think a lot of the more expensive or more powerful artifacts you wouldn't necessarily be able to cast on kind of turn three or Tron lands anymore. Uh, we do have Nissa's Triumph, right? In standard currently, uh, in standard currently, yes. The green green card that searches for three lands. Yeah. Does that not make Tron lands potentially problematic for the format? No. Uh, for like that couple of months, for that couple of months, sure. Which is is what they want to do when the core set comes out, isn't it? 
I guess. Because we've got Scapeshift and Field of the Dead now, but then Scapeshift rotates out in you know three weeks. Yeah, sure. Sure, okay, yeah. Yeah, like, they seem to like doing that thing of, like, there are no standard format. There are no, like, big standard tournaments during this time, so you can have, like, the powerful things and just play over them for a month or two. Yeah, that's some So maybe, maybe, like I said, it's it's just a bit of baseless speculation, but I'm, I'm definitely, I want to plant my flag right here, right now. <laughs> yeah, but I'm very much, I think this podcast is very much about, like, making baseless specs on stuff and then just, like, overanalyzing yeah. them for ages for no particular reason. Absolutely. Yeah. So speaking of baseless speculations, Excellent. in quarter four we have Zendikar rising. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, we're we are back to Zendikar. Yeah, Zendikar is like my favorite, my second favorite plane. Yeah, I, I love Zendikar a lot, and hopefully this new set will uh, right some of the wrongs of Battle for Zendikar. Yeah, absolutely. It seems to be like that's what they want to do. Um, straight away, like Mark Rosewater said, oh, the Eldrazi are gone. Like, the Eldrazi aren't on Zendikar anymore, the Eldrazi are gone. And they've said that it's going to be more of a sequel to the first Zendikar set than it will be to Battle for Zendikar. Oh, okay, sweet. I think they want to bring back that, you know, exploration, adventure, you know, Indiana Jones-style sort of feelings that they had with the original Zendikars. So I, I think, like, I'd be expecting, like, the quests coming back, like, like Colony Heart Expedition, like, maybe that'll be, or a card like that'll be in here. Uh, maybe traps, maybe archive trap comes back. Who knows? I mean, that's what made Zendikar so cool and so appealing the first time, right? Just sort of like sprawling, like you said, like Indiana Jones style set. Yeah. That, because the other thing, the first time they did Zendikar, they had Zendikar and World Wake, where they just kind of got to explore that world for two sets, and then yeah. they introduced the Eldrazi, which was cool in its own way. And then, yeah, the second one was just kind of like, well, because we only have two sets, we sort of have to do the Eldrazi immediately. Yeah, and because this is what Zendikar's about, and it's like no one wanted that. And then there was the whole thing about Aljazi getting really boring because they were in uh, Eldritch Moon and everything. So hopefully they do it right, and I'm very excited to see what happens. So your basic speculation on this set is ah uh, right, which one do I go? Do I <laughs> <laughs> sorry your basic speculations? So so the obvious one with this one is Fetchlands, right? Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. I really don't know. Personally, I would want them to put the original Zendikar Fetchlands back into this set. Mm-hmm. They're at a time where Shocklands will have rotated out, and the only lands, probably the only lands that you'll be able to fetch with them are basic lands, so they won't be doing too much for the format. Uh, those cards need to reprint badly. Like They need like an actual viable reprint. Like We saw in Modern Masters 2017 that just printing them in a master set is not good enough. Yeah, it, re- it decreased the price for about three days. Yeah, like up... tons higher than it was before the reprint now. and It's yeah, it's it's not good enough. They, they need to be reprinted in a standard set. And if, if they're going to do it anywhere, this is probably the best time to do it. I'd have thought so. I really kind of want them to just troll us all and just put the... Uh... The allied kind of fetchlands in this oh, set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just so you get flow strand again, it's fine. Yeah. That would be good. Um but yeah, I, I yeah, definitely like, like new art for like Bloodstained Maya when it's like a like a Zendikar vampire's lair. Like oh, that would be, be cool. so cool. I honestly I think like putting all ten in that because I mean even the Kantatake ones kind of need a reprint. Like they're getting yeah. there in value. I mean Winsup Teeth will never have value for some reason. I mean <laughs> it seems to have never recovered from the what was it, the Clash Pack reprint? Yeah, it was Clash Pack, I think, yeah. Yeah, it just never recovered. <laughs> It's yeah. also like, I guess, it's not even the least playable one anymore. Because yeah, there's all the Devoted Druid decks that really want Winter Teeth. 
Yeah. Um, but anyway, yes, they definitely should reprint them, and I want them to. And it's a perfect place to do it. And like, like you said, like the first time the fetch lands existed, um, when it was just basic lands that you could fetch, they barely saw any play. They were just kind of there to trigger landfall and stuff. Yeah. Um, and to if you needed a shuffle effect, I guess. Yeah. Um, they were kind of problematic with Jason the Mindsculptor, but like it's generally fine. I think yeah, so if, you've I... Got no, if you haven't got the battle lands or the um, or shock lands, then I think they're fine to reprint. Yeah, I I really hope they get a reprint. I I, I think they should, but I I honestly don't know if I can call whether or not they will at this point. But I do think they should. I guess the only the only potential problem is the fact that they require shuffling, and that was part of yeah. the problem with the with standard the first time. Oh, yeah, not, not the first time, but the standard the last time they were in. Right, I'm going to say that all again. <laughs> That was the problem with Fetchlands the last time they were in Standard, is that people were just shuffling constantly and games took ages. So that's still a problem even yeah. if just fetch basics. Mm-hmm. But like they need a reprint, and like you said, like they need an actual reprint that gets like that gets opened a lot like a, a three pound booster pack set or like a four pound yeah. whatever it is by the time this comes out. Probably um, like seven pounds by the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with all these, all these price increases. Sure, yeah. So yeah, so I guess I guess your hot take is um they're going to reprint Fetchlands in Zendikar Horizon. Is that is that my hot take? I, I guess so. I mean, they should. Well, like, if I... it is, do you, do you wanna you wanna hold my manner for a second? <laughs> yeah, yes, sure, I'd love to. So my hot take. Go on. Collector's edition boosters are still going to be a thing at this point. Uh, yeah. I think this this might be the last set that we'll see them because I don't think they'll sell as well as they're expecting. Mm. However, I think they're going to do one big. Hurrah on the collector's edition boosters, and we won't just see the return of fetch lands; we'll see the return of priceless treasures. Ooh. In collector's edition pack only, I think they'll be. Though I think I think they'll see them. They'll see them with, with something something exciting that they won't tell people about until they've opened the packs at pre-release or whatever, like that kind of thing. So, like, you just might open a black lotus at your pre-release. Maybe I don't know if they would go. As extreme as like a Black Lotus, but maybe, maybe dual lands, like maybe revised duels they could put in there. Maybe stuff like Moved, maybe like Tabernacle could be like your, you know, your ridiculous big ticket item. But yeah, why not? Eh? If we're if we're taking some ridiculous hot takes for a set that is is over a year out, let's uh, let's go big. Right. Okay, we're locking this in. <laughs> I'm locking this in right we're, now. We're, we're we're revisiting this in a year's time. Yep. Uh, and when you're right. We'll all celebrate by buying a pack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll buy Hopefully a... a Black Lotus for everyone. <laughs> yeah, we'll buy a pack of Zendikar Rising and then there'll be a Black Lotus in there. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, they could put like the masterpieces in there, right? They could put the exp- Expeditions yeah, and stuff ab- in there. Ab- absolutely. Yeah, really they cool. could. They could just, yeah, they could put the original Zendikar Expeditions back in there easily. Uh, like, I know a lot of people have complained about it being so soon since we had Battle for Zendikar, but by the time the set comes out, it's going to be you know, five, almost six years since Battle for Zendikar came out. Yeah. And it'll be 10 years since the original Zendikar came out. So I think for a 10-year anniversary of, of Zendikar, they, they can and probably will do something special. Yeah, absolutely. That seems perfectly reasonable. I think Magic players have a poor grasp of time, the passage of time and, and the lineage yeah. sense and stuff. I mean, I, I don't blame them, though. It is just like spoiler season constantly. It's spoiler season constantly, and every set feels like it was two years ago. Yeah. Like, Kanzo Takeo feels like it was like last year, honestly. And I haven't even yep. been playing that long, so. 
I, I can understand why people just get things wrong all of the time. Yeah, that's what I think. I think like, oh, I haven't been playing Magic that long, and then I'm like, oh, it's been like at least six years now. Yeah, that's a lo- like that is a long time to be doing one particular. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, I'm excited for Zendikar. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited for all too. these sets, honestly. Yeah, same. I, I'm really looking forward just just the next year of standard sets. Obviously, there'll be a whole load of supplementary products in between them as well. But I just love the fact that they gave us a whole year of products. Yeah, just stuff to get excited about, and and like they they must know that some idiots like us are going to make some basic speculations and try and force some content out of it, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's like half the reason. It's like people are going to lose their minds over this and like make up some stuff that's never going to happen. <laughs> it makes for content. Yeah. It's good. It's good. It's good to have conversations. It is, it is. So, as well as the sets, we, I mean, since then we've seen quite a few cards in, in Throne of Eldraine, so should we have some conversations about those? Yeah, so I thought it'd be fun if I didn't know anything, well not, not anything, because I'm, I'm in a lot of discords, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm friends with you, um, <laughs> I can't avoid spoilers, <laughs> but I yeah. feel like I've avoided a fair few of them, I've avoided some like some information about Throne of Eldraine, because everyone's going to do like a, these are the spoilers from Throne of Eldraine, and this is what's there. Like, everyone's going to do an episode like that, so I thought it'd be cool if we did an episode like that, because we're not original. But I yeah. didn't know much about it, and I got to see stuff for the first time and hear about stuff for the first time, and give, like, a first-time gut reaction to stuff. Like, and get to act all hot takes Sally about stuff. Yeah. Because I love being hot takes Sally. Sally. First take yeah. Sally, there we go. Well, that's the episode name locked in. There we go. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so if you want to hit me with um, some spoilers or some yeah. some. There we go. This is one that's very recently been previewed. Uh, this is a Charming Prince. Charming uh, Nice. Like Prince Charming. Right, I'm not going yeah. to have a look at this for the first time. Charming Prince. One and a white for a creature, human noble. Oh, nice. Noble creature type. When Charming Prince enters the battlefield, choose one. Scry two. You gain three life, exile another target creature you own, return it to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next end. Jesus. It's a 2 2. So, what? Yep. This is just a two mana flicker wisp. Essentially, and it's also a human. And it also scries two and gains three life. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't fly and it's not a 3 1, because like, that's part of the, the best mode of flicker wisp, because you get to beat down with a three power creature in the air. But, yeah. Um, this seems quite good. But this is really good. Yeah, it it does seem quite good. I mean, I I don't know if it'll be. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I think like that that flicker ability will be quite interesting for standard. I think. I think we've seen quite a few things which have like ETB effects um, in this set alone. So yeah, I, I assume this is going to see some sort of play. Probably. Um, I mean, like a two mana two two that gains three life has been playable before in like modern as like a concession to burn and aggro decks and stuff like that and then the fact that it's also versatile and the fact you can cast it on turn two and scry two and fix your draws and then obviously like being able to flick a wisp is pretty good especially if you have some kind of ether vibe involved i guess yeah um i'm a fan i'm just i kind of love this set so much charming prince that's sweet <laughs> it's just it's just really cool yeah it's the flavor flavor alone is pretty cool yeah Right. So next up, yeah, we have Lock Me a Serpent. Right, this one, this one I've seen. Yeah, this one I have seen, and I do have a hot take about it though. Yeah, yeah, give me, give me that take. Right, so Lock, Lock Me a Serpent is for yeah. blue, black, for a creature. Yep. A serpent has flash, 
you can pay a blue and sacrifice an island, and it can't be blocked this turn. You can pay a black and sacrifice a swamp, and you gain one life and draw a card. And you can pay a blue nice. and a black, and then you exile five type cards from your opponent's graveyard, and you return uh, Lockmere Serpent from your graveyard to your hand. Activate this ability only any time you can cast a sorcery. So my hot take about this card before we get into analysing whether it's any good or not. So this is the Loch Ness Monster, right? Yeah. Loch Ness Serpent. Nessie. Yeah. yeah. Nessie, Nessie should definitely be a legendary creature. Yeah. That's nonsense. It's I, disrespectful. That's a fair take. Absolutely. The Loch Ness Monster. If you're going to make a card based around the Loch Ness Monster, you make it a legend. <laughs> that's absurd. How, yeah. how dare you? How dare you disrespect Nessie? See? Even if I haven't, if, if, even if I've seen the card before, I can still give a hot take. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So this card seems pretty good. So, right. Six mana. I, seven, I think so. It, it's like a control finisher, right? Six mana, seven, seven with flash. That's fine. Yeah. Then also, it gets to be unblockable, which when you have six mana in a control deck that you're willing to cast this card, sacrificing an island to do so is fine. It also yeah. draws a card. Again, sacrificing a swamp, but that seems okay. And then it also recurs itself. Yeah. I mean, like, there's a lot of stuff going on in this card. There's a lot of value to be had. It kind of reminds me, it's kind of... I mean, it reminds me kind of the, of the Scarab Guard because it's blue-black and it recurs itself. And it's, like, a yeah, good yeah. finisher. It uh, reminds me very much of, obviously, Pearl-like Ancient from... Yeah. I'm going to say... Can't can't, it's Can't, right? I was going to say Dragons. Yeah, but, uh, it must be. I'm going to say, I thought it was Dragons, but it could be Khans. It is Khans, yeah. God damn it. Because um, obviously that was just a flash threat that made control mirrors just absurdly painful to watch. <laughs> so this seems kind of that. This seems like a, like, a good card if there's some kind of um, blue-black based control deck in the format. Yeah, and you still have sure. stuff like Nickel Bolas and stuff, but that seems reasonable. This is a very, very like a very good card to finish those games. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm just upset. It's the Loch Ness Monster. You can't <laughs> like so sure you can base a card around Prince Charming, right, and call it Charming Prince. And like I get that. That's this is part of the problem with the set. I feel like a lot of it it's like their cards are based around specific characters. From yeah, like, it was it was a top down design set. Absolutely. absolutely, but you can't you can't make them all legends. Yeah. So like there's a cut like um like Charming Prince is based on Prince Charming, but you can't just have, like if you made all these cards legendary like you'd have too many legends. Yeah, but yeah, it's the Loch Ness monster. Come on, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> yeah, that, that that's fair. I'll give you that. Yeah, it's upsetting. But I yeah, do, I do put like the uh, the Easter egg with this one though. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so, how many activated abilities does Loch Ness Serpent have? Uh, activated abilities. Yep. Uh, three. Yeah, and how many words in total are in the uh, the text box? Are you actually gonna make me count? There are fifty. There are fifty. Yeah. Hang on, I have to check your work. This is gonna make for great content. One second. I counted 48. Oh, there's, there's definitely 50. Okay, also, I'm leaving that dead silence in. That's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll take it for it's 50, sure. I'm bad at counting. Yeah. There you go. It's 350. 350. Oh, God, that's not... Oh, you made me do that. For that. That's yeah. obviously not a thing. That's not yeah, the Easter yeah, egg they put in. It's not. Unless it's it been is, confirmed yeah. by someone. It's Loch Ness Monster. Ain't going to give you 350. That's not what's happened. Also, like... Sure, if you specifically like activated abilities, but it has four abilities, right? And they yeah, but three activated abilities. 
50 words in the text box. Wait, it's a 7, 7, 7 divided by 2. 350. <laughs> and it's currently on sale on Star City Games for $3.50. Right, right, I'm back in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> back in this absolute nonsense, sure. It's great. It's about yeah. tree, to, tree fitty. That's fine. It is. Excellent. <laughs> It's fantastic. Well, I mean, we could, we could, we could not talk about that Easter egg. I mean, I don't believe that's a thing. That I think that's just a massive coincidence that you want to be true. Oh no, it absolutely has to be a thing. Does it? Yeah. All right, cool. I, I wouldn't be surprised if R and D had slipped that in. Okay, cool. Next time, uh, Mark Rosewater does a panel at a GP. Yeah. <laughs> Is it meant to be true, Fiddy? Is that the joke? Yeah. Right. Goddamn Loch Ness monster. Goddamn. The goddamn, the goddamn Loch Ness monster. Yeah, and it's been disrespected. It's been very respected. Very respected by you. Yeah. Right. Shall we move on? Yes. Next up is Clackbridge Troll. Right, I've seen this what one as well. What is this card? I've seen this one as well. You're not playing the game. Yeah, but we've got. We have to talk about yeah, it. We have, we have to, to talk about it. What the hell is this card? <laughs> no. Right. I'm going to read this one. Three black black. Yep. For a creature troll. Yep. It's an 8 8. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it has trample and haste. Yep. So that seems fair. That's very good. Now, We're not done. You'd expect some kind of drawback, right? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. So w- when it enters the battlefield, target opponent creates three zero one goat creature tokens. Yep, that's the, uh, the Billy Goat Squirrel. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that's so embarrassing I've only just got it it's the troll from under the bitty goat it is yeah yeah. Oh, it's the troll from under the bridge so it's the goats <laughs> that's cool as hell I love that nursery rhyme that was like my favourite nursery rhyme as a kid is it a nursery rhyme yeah. like a story or whatever story I guess yeah yeah oh man you're so, that's sweet that's really cool um, but man I'm so annoyed <laughs> I'm so annoyed to be this long to get it because I've definitely seen this card today already cool so it's like the what the hunted creatures from original Ravica yeah where you make an overcasted creature and they get something to block it essentially uh, but this has trample, so <laughs> them having O1s isn't great. Uh, the rest of the text is, at the beginning of combat on your turn, any opponent may sacrifice a creature. If opponent does, tap Clackbridge Troll, you gain three life and draw a card? Yeah. <laughs> the hell <laughs> is that? Doesn't seem like a downside, right? <laughs> right. Um, you remember... Um, Desecration Demon. Desecration Demon. That that was a good, yeah. powerful card. I mean, like that was good and powerful because it, you know, was also best friends with Grey Merchant Masvidal. Um, but that card was very, very good. Yeah, four mana, six six flyer. Beginning of each combat, any opponent may sacrifice a creature. If a player does, tap Desecration Demon and put a plus one plus one counter on it. So this one, instead of instead of getting a plus one plus one counter, because it's already an eight eight with trample, uh, gets. Well, it gains you three life and draws a card? Draws a card, yeah. That's absurd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is real it, good. It's absolutely ridiculous. I I think this card will see a lot of play. Um, it's it's only a rare as well, so I think this is going to just rule the pre-release. Like, whoever opens this in the limited pool is going to be very happy. Yeah, this in, like, in the limited is just kind of stupid. Yeah, I think it it's kind of the epitome of power creep, right? Because we've we've seen we've seen them sort of push things over the past couple of months, like especially from like War of the Spark onwards, things seem to have like taken like a massive leap up in power level. And yeah, I think it's like at this point, like I mean, when when like Dominaria came out, we saw like the cycle of creatures, um, that were like all all kind of like 
Goblin Chainwell, like Red, 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 or um, what was the green one? Uh, Steel Leaf Champion. Yeah, Steel Leaf Champion. Um, yeah, and when like Steel Leaf Champion was was previewed, and everybody like lost their minds over that. It was oh, it's a three mana five four. What you mean that card that doesn't see any play? And barely saw yeah, play like, like this, this. Yeah, this is this is ridiculous. This is push. This is power level. This is this is power creep. This is ridiculous. Yep. And then we look at this, and it's like, yeah, what the hell? That's nothing. This is a five mana eight eight. With essentially no downside. Like I'm just going to say that say that there's no downside to that at all. I mean, at the worst, it just replaces itself. This is the thing, because like, so you cast you cast it for five mana, and I guess. Like the same turn because it's on your next combat after you cast. So say you cast it in May Phase One, immediately yep. you get to gain three life and draw a card because we're assuming they're sacrificing one of the goats. Yeah. And then the next turn happens, you get to do the same thing again. And then yep. the next turn happens, you get to do the same thing again. And then after that, it's either a removal spell or an eight-eight with trample. Yeah. That seems <sighs> absolutely like that's it. Like when when the only downside to the card is dice to removal, then. It, it's not really a downside, is it? Yeah, I guess, but like, there's always a chance that your opponent could just kill you in the time that they have to sacrifice things, but you do gain free life, I guess. Like, what, turn five? Like, yeah. <laughs> on your turn five. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. This is, yeah, this card this, is. It's ridiculous. This card's great. I'm, I'm still just really disappointed in myself that I didn't realize it was a three bit of Gets Gruff. Yeah. That's so embarrassing. So I guess next up is another card, one you definitely have not seen this time. Uh, this is uh, Kenrith, the Returned King. Okay, Jesus Christ. Right. Kenrith, the Return. Okay, well, I've just glanced at the card, and it costs five mana, and it's got five activated abilities, all of which are a different colour. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to assume this is a commander card? Quite probably. Right, so we have Kenrith, the Returned the Returned. So Kenrith is Will and Rowan's dad? An ancestor yeah. of the Roman, the Roman, Winner Roman Kenrith, the Kenriths. It's 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 the dad, definitely. Um, I mean, quite clearly, is kind of like the the King Arthur figure of yeah. the, the plane. I guess really. I swear to God, if you say something to do with the word daddy, I'm going to quit this podcast. <laughs> oh no, we'll get to Oko in a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's it's fine in that context. That's fine. So Kenrith, the Returned King, like Aragorn, the Return of the King. Quite possibly, yeah. There's also a Lord of the Rings reference. I'm going to get to reading the card eventually. Kemrith, the Return King. Four and a white. For a legendary creature, human noble. Another noble. It's a 5-5. Five, five. You can pay red. And all creatures gain trample and haste until end of turn. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, you can pay one and a green. And put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. Anyway, sure. It's like the worst ability, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's quite bad. Uh, two and a white. Target player gains five life. Yeah. That's also not great. Three and a blue, target player draws a card. Alright. Four mana for a draw card, sure. Four and a black, put target creature from a graveyard onto the battlefield under its owner's control. <laughs> Real right, yeah. What the hell? <laughs> what? Yeah, just what is this card, the right? Is, like... Where are you playing this card? Like, okay, Commander, sure. But I might should... This isn't a very good commander, is it? I mean, it's it's like a group hug commander, right? It it target oh, sure. player yeah, and that's, everything. That's and really it, yeah. cool. Oh yeah, all creatures gain trample and haste and uh, onto the battlefield under its owner's control. Yeah, sure, that's really sweet. That's really cool. It's probably a cool group hug commander. I guess he is a yeah. benevolent king. 
<laughs> this card's ridiculous. This is sweet. Okay, I don't. It's not standard playable, right? There's no way this is standard playable. I don't think. I don't think so. I think if if it is, it's probably in uh, some sort of deck later down the line once we get the massive monsters in Ikaria to give them like haste. trample and haste land of turn <laughs> yeah, sure, that or that in some fun. sort of like reanimator strategy because it's just unburial rights that you can repeat like it's, yeah. it's fantastic that's like that 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 mode seems like it's got to do something i mean yeah all these modes are instant as well like you can activate them instant speed so that seems fine yeah yeah this card's, this card's cool as hell <laughs> yeah some sort of like bizarre like big mardu deck maybe eventually i don't know I, I i do like it like regardless of whether or not we'll see any play i, I think it's a very interestingly designed card yeah, i mean i want this card to be good yeah so here's hoping sweet so i guess i guess we talk about the what i think is quite probably the best card in the set or at least the card that most people most people think thinks quite good but i, I think everyone's kind of under evaluating it do you, do you actually mean like the gayest card in the set. Oh yeah. That's the reason I like it. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Oko, Thief of Crowns. Dude, this card's sick. Snatcher, Snatcher of Crowns. As I've, <laughs> Hell yeah. Seen it <laughs> it's so good. Um, do you want me to read it? Yeah, go for All it. Right, right. Oko, Thief of Crowns. is one green blue for a legendary planeswalker, Oko. There's four starting loyalty. Plus two, create a food token. Plus one, target artifact or creature loses all abilities and becomes a green elk creature token with base power and toughness 3-3. Three, three. Yep. No, it doesn't say until end of turn. And minus five, exchange control of target artifact or creature you control and target creature and opponent controls with power three or less. And in case you haven't seen this card for some reason, basically both the arts make him look like... He's a power top, right? Oh, yeah. I know this is a family-friendly podcast, but... Yeah, I'm in. I mean, I'm into this card <laughs> for a multitude yeah, of reasons. Yeah, uh, if, if yeah, I sh- why have they made a place those abs? Like, those abs. Why have they like... made a place looker so hot? It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's just upsetting. Like the pose in like the what like the full art special promo version. Yeah, just like damn, I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Uh, this card's pretty good, right? I yeah I so I think it's absolutely fantastic. I think it's probably the most playable card in the set. Um, I think, like, quite obviously, you can play this on turn two, um, thanks to some of the other cards in in standard. Um, it's just that like yeah, three three mana, four loyalty planeswalker. That's fantastic already. Mm. And the fact that its its first ability is plus two, means that it's going to go. It's going to go up to six loyalty straight away, which means you can ultimate it on the turn after it comes down, which is, is definitely a thing. Uh, food tokens appear to be relevant. There are many creatures uh, that care about food tokens. Uh, the goose is, is one in particular, which I mean we'll probably we'll probably talk about next quickly. I am also a creature that cares about food tokens. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I think that plus one is is something that people are overlooking definitely like target artifact or creature loses all abilities and becomes a green elk with base and power and toughness three three so that it it does exactly that it's not an enchantment it's not a do this till end of turn it's just it it gets rid of their abilities and turns into a three three elk mm. so like these these big five mana eight eights with all these fancy abilities loses those just becomes a three three elk all of these like 
God Eternals, which have really, really problematic abilities, gets rid of those, turns them into a 3-3. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just think it's absolutely fantastic. It's a really nice answer to those creatures. Uh, I also think that it's it's playable in Eternal formats as well, like Modern Legacy, definitely. Like, it's target artifact or creature, so it's a very nice way to deal with Ensnaring Bridge. Yeah, that's true. It gets it gets yeah. artifacts as well. That's certainly important to, to remember. Gets around Ensnaring Bridge nicely. Gets rid of Chalice of the Void. Um, yeah, even like even like Arcbound Ravager. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean they can suck things and put counters on it still, but it's it gets rid of artifacts. It's it's definitely definitely a relevant ability, and it's also blue, so you know pitches to force it will right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll bring back that take from last week being like all blue cards are playable in Legacy because pitch to force will. Yeah, it's a thing. And also, most importantly of all, those abs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> can we just talk about those abs? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like a 10 pack, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's yeah, what I'm looking at, at least. currently. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know whether people listen to this podcast for you know people being thirsty about a magic card, but <laughs> that's what you're getting. Like, you know, I typically don't like green cards, but this this is a card that speaks to me for many reasons, and uh, <laughs> I certainly think it'll be playable. <laughs> it speaks to me for many reasons. <laughs> uh, yeah, this card's, this card's really sweet. Um, I, yeah, I, it'll probably see play, right? I definitely want to own a promo version of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, do you want to talk about goose before this goes? Let's talk about fun. that goose. Yeah, yeah, we've got to talk about the goose. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the goose. Me too. So we've got Gilded Goose. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't currently have it in front of me, so you're going to have to do the honours with the, the reading of the text. Uh, Gilded Goose it is one green mana. It's a creature. It's a bird. It has flying. It's a 0-2. When it enters the battlefield, create a food token. It's got two abilities. One is one and a green tap, create a food token. And the other one is tap, sacrifice a food, add one mana of any colour. It's kind of like Bird's Paradise. Yeah. That's nice. It's like a... A fixed quote unquote Birds of Paradise, right? Yeah. Um so I am a big fan of this card. Uh did we say what food tokens did? Uh no. So food tokens are artifacts with two tap sacrifices artifacts, you gain three life. So they're kind of like bad clues essentially, right? I mean they're like food, right? Yeah. They're like they're like food, like you you, you eat a food. You pay for the food, and then you get the food and eat it, and it goes away, and you... Feel replenished. Gain three life, yeah. yeah that's how I feel whenever I eat hummus. I yeah. feel like I've gained three life. <laughs> so that's what food token does. So, like like, like Joe said earlier, we, when they, uh, there are creatures that utilise food tokens for things other than being food tokens. So this is cool. I'm a, I'm a fan of this card. It depends how prevalent food is. So, like, if you consistently... If you can consistently make food tokens... This always taps for mana. Yeah. The fact this comes in with a food token means that it always ramps you to three mana on turn two. Yeah. Which I think is very important. Um, unless your opponent, for some reason, I don't know, naturalizes your, uh, sorry, return to nature's your food token or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's that's a, a, like very important. And then it continues to make food. And then whenever you don't, whenever you have spare mana, you can make a food. And then you might have other yeah. creatures that you've got like a food deck that you can use the food to do something else. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fantastic card, like in limited for like that reason alone. Like the fact that it, it, it's just a food engine, just it makes food late game, which is it, I think it's cool. Yeah, and like I guess at worst it's like four mana gain three life. Yeah, 
which is like kind of kind of useful but obviously this like so if you go turn one gilded goose turn two oko yeah and then oko obviously makes a food and then your goose just keeps tapping for mana so then you can keep like you keep that boost rather than just having to go back down to three mana yeah so that's certainly relevant um we'll have to see what the rest of the food cards do and how much of a food payoff there is um i like how quickly food like as a mechanic i guess has been normalized in the magic community i don't know if i saw it it's like this is ridiculous and then like yeah i I think because it's so close to clue tokens which is something that like we know very well and have played with for a while now i think it's quite easy to just sort of like grok into that space but we i guess we see kind of food as just being its name rather than like oh it's a piece of food I mean, have you seen the food tokens? Like, they are, yeah, they are, they are very nice. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the one that's just a pig's head. I won't be using, yeah. I won't be using that one. But I'll be using yeah. it. Yeah. I, I, I want to get some like custom Greg's food tokens. That's what I want. <laughs> Play Gilded Goose. Create target vegan sausage roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just use like pieces. Of... Someone's going to do that at some point, and it's going to get really messy and really annoying. Like someone's just going to like. <laughs> buy a bag of crisps and they're gonna like create a food just token actual food, yeah just yeah. like put a crisp into play and you're like okay i understand your point but this is like <laughs> not productive please stop <laughs> um and that person's gonna be me yeah uh yeah this card's really cool um i think it's possibly modern playable possibly you know that format where we have the two best mana dogs of all time that aren't death right shaman yeah so we have birds of paradise and noble hierarch yeah so this can't continually tap for mana unless you have a source of food but it ramps you from one to three yeah assuming you make your second round drop which is kind of why birds of paradise and noble Hark are really good yeah because you want to cast your your three mana threat that's very very powerful or you want to cast a two drop and a one drop or, or whatever so this does that and it also doesn't die to red and six yeah i i think that is quite relevant i think my issue with it is that it doesn't like it doesn't always do something. Like, uh, like Birds of Paradise is always going to tap for a mana. Like as long as it's around, like always. Uh, Noble Hierarch at the worst, it has exalted, so it's gonna it's gonna help there in some way. Gilded Goose, if you don't have any food, you know, it's just a zero two. Like unless like you're at the point in the game where you can afford to be pumping two mana into it and tapping it, then yeah, sure, but. If you don't have any food, I think the majority of the game, when it's on the field, it's it's just going to be a zero or two that doesn't do anything. Yeah, I think I think this is the thing. I think it's very very good on turn one. Yeah, and that's kind of the point of it, right? Whereas like Birds of Paradise yeah. and continue to be good throughout the game. The fact that this is good on turn one, which is one of the reasons Bird of Paradise, Bird of Paradise, Jesus, Birds of Paradise and Noble Hierarch are so good, that this makes it okay. And the fact that you can't just kill it with a Ren and Six, which is why birds of paradise and little hark are kind of bad at the moment and they just die to it and then you don't get your acceleration you have to cost a two drop yeah i don't know i'm gonna pick up a set and do some stuff yeah i i think there's definitely there's definitely a good argument for trying it out and i mean i'm not one not one who's known to play birds of paradise or noble hierarchs so i i don't know how how accurate my observation well, i guess my interpretations of this card will be but yeah, I, I feel like it's not quite as good as Birds or Noble Hierarch, but I, I do think that the card is very good. I mean, that's literally all I'm known for. Yeah. Playing Birds of Paradise and Noble Hierarch. <laughs> or maybe it's a situation where, like, you can go down, like, like if you're playing a deck that plays both Birds of Paradise and Noble, Noble Hierarch, like, go down, like, 
one of each of them and put two goose goose geese geese put two geeses geese i don't know oh my god it's a real english word it is it's not like a made-up magic word that you have to work out it's just like (laughs) geese was already a word that existed (laughs) yeah put two geeses in your deck yeah you put two geeses in your deck and take out some some birds as i guess yeah (laughs) or some hyroxes yeah yeah i i don't know like you're definitely the the birds player so maybe you'll uh Maybe you'll figure out what the best combination of of geese to Hyrox is, right? I mean, maybe I'm horrendously wrong, but there's been certainly a thing in Legacy where Giver of Runes has been somewhat preferable over Mother of Runes. Yeah, for sure. Because it has an extra toughness to beat Plague Engineer and Renin Six. Yeah. So, I'm not saying it's definitely possible, but I think it's certainly something to consider, and I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case at some point going forward. Yeah, I, I, I think there is, there is definitely an argument for it, and I think I think you know, the only way you're gonna you're gonna find out is by giving it a go. And there's your hot take on Gilded Goose. Yeah. Hashtag are better than Birds of Paradise. Hey, nothing's better than Birds of Paradise <laughs> except Noble Harrock. <laughs> <laughs> and Gilded Goose apparently. And Death Rush Shaman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of things are better than Birds of Paradise. Awesome. So that's pretty much all of our, our hot takes for this week. Um yeah, we've seen a lot more of the set spawns than that, but yeah, we we figured like most people will be doing like, oh, this card's cool and this card's cool and these are the best cards. So we we figured we'd do a little bit more of like a here's like our first reaction to the to these cards or or this card or whatever, and we'll we'll have some more refined takes, I guess, as as more of the set is is spoiled. We start to see just exactly what standard is going to look like. Yeah, our takes have never been refined. But I appreciate the message you're going for. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Awesome. So that's pretty much all we have time for this week. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us on social media, give us your opinions. Uh, let us know what you think of Oko and his amazing abs. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. That really tickled me. That was great. <laughs> uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. We're on at hrefdcast or facebook.com slash hrefdcast. Or you can get us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Hour of Devastation. If you've enjoyed anything you've heard and want to give back anything at all, uh, tiers start from as little as $1 per month. That's roughly 20 to 25 cents per episode. If you want to hit me up on my own personal social media, you can get on me at PeachGardenOaf. That's Oaf with an F. Or on Facebook, you'll find me as Joe Loudon. Uh, I'm in pretty much any of the magic groups. You'll you'll find me on there. Uh, currently, I'm getting very excited about the cards Midnight Clock and Wish Clock Talisman. Yeah, I feel like you're currently trying to sort of solidify yourself as the spoiler slash preview guy. Yeah. But I'm in that. I'm into that. That's good. Yeah. You're just like always the first one to post most cards. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get there one day. Uh, if you want to find me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at Sneal69. Nice. Thank you. Or that. It's a S-N-E-A-L 69. N-I-C-E. Yeah, I, I had to cut that out last week because it was yeah. just too cringy. <laughs> Could leave that one in, though. Um, also, you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash snail69. Nice. Uh, where I'm definitely going to stream at some point. I said I was going to stream last week, and then I was like on holiday in Margate uh, with, with my laptop and not my actual computer. Yeah. And things keep happening, and then my partner and I like had a weekend both off work together for the first time in probably about a year. So we decided to spend time with each other and we went to Bath and stuff. Like, I, 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 life gets in the way of me trying to stream. Yeah, absolutely. I I understand that is a thing that definitely happens. But yeah, I think, like, 
we we plan to do some streams in the future definitely uh, i know i did a little brawl stream last week um it, yeah I, that's right i've played brawl on arena <laughs> <laughs> who are you yeah exactly that's not something you should do 2019 it's a whole new world it really is yeah awesome so it's pretty much what we have time for this week we are approaching the second hour the godfarer has returned so we'll see you again next week on our devastation Nice.